Welcome to the Mindfulness Meditation Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Eshelman. Every Wednesday at the Rubin Museum of Art in Chelsea, we present a meditation session led by a prominent meditation teacher from the New York area. This podcast is a recording of our weekly practice. If you would like to join us in person, please visit our website at rubinmuseum.org meditation. We are proud to be partnering with Sharon Salzberg and teachers from the New York Insight Meditation Center. The series is supported in part by the Hamera Foundation. In the description for each episode, you will find information about the theme for that week's session, including an image of a related artwork chosen from the Rubin Museum's permanent collection. And now, please enjoy your practice. We are wrapping up this month, this week and next week, talking about transforming obstacles. And so far, we've been talking about transforming obstacles as, or thinking about obstacles as, um, you know, perhaps these large events that overtake our, our lives in some ways. And we've also been talking about them as on a smaller scale as well, just distractions during our practice, that kind of thing. Today we're talking about a a particular kind of obstacle. We're talking about the bardo today. And the image that we're looking at here is peaceful and wrathful deities of the transition state. This is from Tibet, 18th century, pigment on cloth, so this is a tanka. And the bardo is known in the West as the Tibetan Book of the Dead. But that word bardo, and and it refers to the transition period between the time when a person dies and the time that they're reborn. And it is a very crucial stage in the life of a Tibetan Buddhist because during that time, it's determined how they will be reborn into what kind of life, and or will they be enlightened? So there's a lot at stake going on in this transition period here. And part of that is what's depicted in this tanka here. You can see that, again, the wrathful deities of the transition state are kind of all gathered together in the top here. You can see it's hard to make out, I know, and we'll look at a detail in a second. But you can probably make out the central figure in the top circle there and the flames that are kind of emanating from behind, yes? And surrounding that main figure are several other wrathful deities. And then on the bottom are the peaceful deities. And they have a a much different feeling that they're conveying. But you can kind of imagine that this is like going to a wild party and seeing these crazy characters, like both fierce and ferocious and totally glamorous and amazing. And what's interesting about this kind of litmus test, in a way, is that it's all about how the person reacts to both the wrathful and the peaceful deities. How grounded can they remain in the face of these temptations? And how much can they remain true to their their true nature? So... It's an interesting thing to talk about, to think about, certainly within that Tibetan Buddhist context, 
of enlightenment and rebirth, but also just to think about it as a metaphor in terms of transitions that we deal with or obstacles that we face, whether they are really small, um, you know, waiting in line for your ticket today, and the really challenging ones that are very difficult in our lives. But that word bardo, to come back to that, really just means transition. And so I encourage you to uh, think about that imaginatively today as we talk about overcoming obstacles. Where are we seeing obstacles, not just in the sort of um, main dish of our daily lives, but in those transition moments? I also just want to encourage you to really take advantage of the gallery tour, especially today, because we're looking at an object that is very difficult to reproduce for you here, actually. And there's nothing like seeing any art object in person, but today in particular, it's pretty special to look up close and in person. So Jeremy will be right outside afterwards to lead you up to the sixth floor if you'd like to take a look. Tracy Cochran is back with us our house band, as we like to refer to her. She is a writer and the editorial director of the quarterly magazine Parabola, which can be found on shop and online and in our shop. And she has been a student of meditation and other spiritual practices for many years. In addition to the Rubin, she teaches at New York Insight, where she is still teaching her Monday night mindful writing workshop, which is open to drop-ins. Three more to go, right, Tracy? So you are all invited. And every Sunday at Hudson River Sangha in Terrytown, New York. Her writings and teaching schedule can be found online via Parabola on Facebook and Twitter and on TracyCochran.org. Please welcome her back, Tracy Cochran. I'm delighted to be here. I'm thrilled to be considered the house band for one more week. And it's always kind of daunting to hear the description of these great sacred artworks and kind of wondering, how can I relate? How can I relate? And it's interesting to remember that bardo means that inter- intermediate time, that downtime. In other words, the time you had the rug pulled out from under you. Have you ever had that happen? Has anybody in this room ever had that happen? It's interesting to suddenly realize that every single person in this room has had that experience of getting really shocking and bad news, of suddenly losing somebody they loved, everybody, or losing a job, or losing a relationship, even being stabbed in the back, having your heart broken, just out of the blue. It's extraordinary. There isn't one single person in the room who hasn't had that experience. And what happens in that moment is that suddenly reality seems different than it did the moment before. In the case of the death of somebody or our own diagnosis, things suddenly seem irrevocable. 
where just a moment before it seemed like you had lots of time. I like to think of myself as now in the afternoon of my life. <laughs> not, not quite the evening, but it's like, you know those days where you can't quite get out the door until two or three, and then you're like, oh my heavens, where did the time go? I have to get outside. But suddenly life looks different, and so does the self. So I wanted to share the example of a teacher of mine, one of my favorite teachers named William Siegel. He was a New Yorker. And I loved him because he was a magazine publisher. He was a painter. He he loved art and wine and food and fashion. And at the same time, he became a very great Zen master. And I always had this dream from the time I was in my teens that life could be a spiritual practice. And he seemed to embody that. But do you know how he did it? It wasn't because everything worked out. His time of really coming to grasp something, to glimpse something, happened when he had a devastating car accident. He was completely smashed up. And he was lying in a hospital room, just lying there, wondering what came next. Because we all know how it feels when things get smashed, don't we? There's this moment of shock when you just open to receive what comes next. And in the midst of that, he got a message from a great Zen Roshi named Soen Roshi. And the message was, I picture it as a telegram. And I think it may have, this was a period when you would get telegrams. And, and Siegel had been the first American to stay in a a Zen monastery in Japan after World War II. So he had a very special relationship with Japan and with Soen. And the telegram said, lucky man, an accident like yours is worth 10,000 sittings in a monastery. (laughs) 10,000. And for years, I wondered what that meant. And it was as, as I've gotten a little more life under my belt, more and more all the time, I began to understand that when Siegel was lying there, the first thing he found himself doing was watching carefully what comes next. What comes next? That quality of attention. And he was there for months and months. And he began to notice the care the janitors took cleaning the place. The confidence and kindness of the nurses. He noticed things he would never ordinarily notice. And last week, some of you were here, we were talking about the qualities the Buddhists remembered 
when he was all alone of his his wish for the truth it was real and his belief in the power of kindness and his patience and capacity to endure these kind of qualities so this is what Siegel was noticing qualities of the heart like kindness coupled with this openness and this willingness to observe to watch to wait so what he began to see is what we begin to see when we practice that there's a self and there's life there's this story that we carry inside our heads we're trying to hold it together so that we at least look the way we imagine other people are sane <laughs> together and you know that feeling inside there might be anxiety or feelings of contradiction or ambivalence but there's this wish to keep the story going the story of who we are and yet it's those times when the rug gets pulled out sometimes when we realize that all we really have to do is live breathe open to receive so there can be this vibrancy that comes this new life in the wake of that lost job or that lost relationship or that lost capacity even do you know what i mean there's this burst of openness it can feel quite wild and it's certainly not something we ask for but when it comes it has a very special quality and feeling of possibility and there's a quote that i've used in here before and i once upon a time thought it came from Søren Kierkegaard the great Danish philosopher and theologian but i have never found it anywhere so i am claiming it <laughs> going forward it is mine <laughs> and the quote is i would have died if i hadn't died i would have died if i hadn't died and from the sound effects in the room i know we feel what that means those times when our world came to an end and we never wanted that to happen and it's very sad but some new possibility appeared including very often the fact that you're sitting here about to practice about to practice opening to life so it's really interesting the bardo is what happens in tibetan buddhism after we die and we see that clear light they have a whole beautiful 
wonderful. You know, the way um, Don described this party, I think of those bars in Star Wars, you know, with all these creatures. And, but, but in our own life, you know the ones, they're bizarre. And some of them are very glamorous, I suppose. And at the same time, there's this call to remember. Remember the breath. Remember our lives. Remember what matters. Don't get pulled. It's like the Buddha under the Bodhi tree being threatened by the devil Mara who had all kinds of terrifying visions and seductive visions. And the Buddha touched the earth. He remembered. He remembered his life. He remembered the power of kindness. He remembered the truth. Three weeks ago when I was here, um, I was sharing that Andrew Young told me Martin Luther King remembered to prepare himself to face what frightened him, what's un unknown. And we can, as Don was saying, you can even do that on the ticket line. Or at least notice that the way we usually live our lives is we want to just keep this continuous flow going forward. So when there's a snag, it's like, oh, I have to amend my timing next time, you know. Or, but there's an invitation with this practice to learn how to just come back. No matter what's going on. And it's not the booby prize. It's slowly acquiring the ability to open to the true vibrancy of our lives. And this net of kindness and possibility and these forces that support us. Lucky man, lucky man. An accident like yours is worth 10,000 sittings in a monastery. Think of that. It's you're called when things go wrong or even when you just have to wait to see what you're being shown. The forces you don't usually see. And they're not so supernatural. They can be. They also probably include very fine and extraordinary things, but they also include something right with you. Your own capacity to open, to be patient to watch, to respond. So now we won't listen to me, we'll practice and listen to me a little. So we take, we take our seats, feet firmly on the floor in front of us, back straight, as straight as possible, without forcing. Notice how it feels to be in this body, without thinking about it, 
Just take in an impression of this body, this life as it presents itself in this moment. bringing an attitude of welcome. Allowing yourself to be here. And immediately we notice the thinking. We notice sensations and sounds. We feel tensions. We might have memories or edges of feelings. We let everything be exactly the way it is, without any judgments. And when we notice we're being taken, we gently come back to the breath, to the rhythm of breathing, or the sensation of air entering and leaving the nostrils. And the sensation of being in a body right now. Sati, the word for this practice in Pali, means to remember. To remember the body and the breath and this moment. When we drift, we notice this with no judgment and come back again to the breathing and the experience of being in the body.
Noticing that when we make this movement of coming back to the breath and the body, we discover a vibrancy inside. A sensation of being present and open to receive. Noticing that when we come home, we don't close off, we open, we soften. Noticing that relaxing is letting go. Softening so that we notice air, sensation, light. We remember we're alive.
as we continue to relax, we notice an energy inside, a sensation that's not separate from awareness. It's not thinking, but receiving, noticing, without judgment. Noticing how it feels to catch yourself thinking, dreaming, and not judge, and gently come back to the breath and the body and the vibrancy of this moment.
as we continue to relax, to come home, we may begin to notice an energy in the room, an attention, a stillness, inside and outside. Noticing that even if we've been thinking this whole time or sleeping, we can come home and find welcome, beginning.
Thank you very much. That concludes this week's practice. If you'd like to attend in person, please check out our website, rubenmuseum.org meditation to learn more. Sessions are free to Rubin Museum members, just one of the many benefits of membership. Thank you for listening. Have a mindful day.